0: Welcome back to Two in a Pew. We have a really amazing guest today. He is a producer. He is an artist, he's an engineer, he's a videographer, he is an entrepreneur, he is a touring musician, he truly is a jack of all trades, he does it all right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, He's also a dear friend of mine and someone I've worked with over the years and just adore his mind and creativity and I am thrilled that he is here. He is the owner of Third Lion, which is basically a one-stop shop for independent artists to um, get all their needs met as far as content goes, and video and recording, just anything that indie artist might need, he does it with Third Lion. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to my friend, Alejandro. Hi. Hey, Mariah. I'm so glad that you're doing this. I get so
1: shy when people introduce me. I get so shy when people talk about me. It's cool.
0: Aw. Well, we're about to do it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so get, your, get geared up. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited that you're willing to take some time out of your very busy schedule because you have... A really busy schedule just this week you're in the studio um and what else what are you up to this week particularly um
1: so I have a new artist that I was working with um last week that I'm wrapping up a couple things because you know she's got a couple Christmas songs coming out her name is mm-hmm. Lexi she's sounded awesome mm-hmm. um and then I have some video work that I'm wrapping up for a Julia Cole right now mm-hmm. and um a bunch of stuff and then my buddy Rob's in the studio right now doing some original music so all that and then on top of that um just a lot of scheduling that goes on a lot mm-hmm. of scheduling for different photo shoots and uh, videos and everything and like managing my my uh my next month and and then still trying to be creative. And, you know, I was like writing songs over here on the way, like in the car, <laughs> in the you car. know, I, I got like instrumentals I play and then I'm, that's what I'm I doing on my that. own creative writing and everything. So.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. you're also an artist. Hmm. I don't As even, of recent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I want to dive into that a little bit later because that's a really, um, this is a really cool aspect of your creativity that you're really diving into. So I want to save that for a little bit later. But with that list of – that laundry list that I just rattled off of all the different ways that you're creative in your business and in your life, um, that is – that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of different things. So taking it back to little baby Alejandro back in the times when you were yeah. coming up in the world, um, you mentioned that you – really did a lot of tinkering on stuff and you kind of always had your hands in something. And as you learned how to play bass, you had a mentor that was really instrumental and encouraging in getting you to the place, uh, really ultimately where you are now. But um, tell me a little bit about him and why he was so encouraging to you and how that really Mm. helped you develop your skills with engineering and and with your musicianship and all of that.
1: Yeah, so it's um, when I was in high school, I started going, you know, I was raised in the church that my family raised me up and everything. And then I had a buddy in high school that asked me to come out to a Friday night thing. It was like a, one of those things that they do for the high school kids to stay out of trouble kind of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, we I went to the, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's this thing called Powerhouse, and I met, mm-hmm. you know, I met the youth pastor at the church called Scott. His name was Scott Cunningham, or it's story. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I met Scott and um he knew like from mission trips, he knew all the Spanish music theory that I had learned from. Well, I didn't I didn't know his theory, but whenever I learned how to play, I learned in Spanish. You know, my, my Tio Nolo, my uncle, mm-hmm. he had uh, he had taught me all my chords and everything, but it was all in Spanish. And so, you know, when I met Scott, he was like, oh, yeah, no, this uh, this dough is is C and this is that. and And so he started relating it. So in my head, I started understanding how to play guitar in English. Mm-hmm. And um, so the youth group, you know, there was a there was a bass player, um, who was, I mean, he was he was so good. His name was Justin Tabor. One of the I mean, one of the nicest bass players I've ever met. Like he was he was good. Mm-hmm. And um, he started touring with a band. So um, the youth pastor at the time, Luke Prohaska, he asked me if I want to play bass. And I was like, well, how long? And he was like, forever. And I guess I just take it serious, you know, but, um, <laughs> he was like forever. Ever? And, um, so that's how I started playing bass. Well, Scott, the youth pastor, he saw that I took a liking to the bass mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the intern that, um, that he hired that summer just so happened to be one of the baddest bass players I've ever met. His name was Daniel Eaton. And um, I think he's out in California now, but Daniel is like just this like funky, like he's just so (laughs) good. He's just so good. And um, like every Sunday after church, he would just like show me things. And it started just like, I remember the first time he showed me something. He's like, look, just this is how you slap. This is how you slap. And he showed me, because it was cool. You know, I want to know how to slap the bass. So it was cool. He started showing me and he's like, look, just get this right here. He said right between the fretboard and the picks, you know, the pick guard or the, what do you call it, the pickups. He said, right there on that little edge of wood, he's like, that's where your tone's gonna sound the best. And he's like, showing me how to, you know, and he's like, just this one string. He's like, this is your homework for the whole week. Wow. And he would just like, give me to slap that one string. And the next day, I'd come back, and it sounded pretty good. And he's like, "Okay, we'll do this." Well, by the end of the summer, he had showed me like half of Victor Wooten's classical thump, which is apparently <laughs> one of the hardest things to play. Yeah, that's so but cool. yeah, but like but that's he started I was,
0: with the nuance of it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He he just you know I think he understood my brain, mm-hmm. you know, and he knew how to get me hooked on something. And every week, I'd come back, and I had learned what he had taught me and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's and, amazing. Yeah, but um, but it was kind of one of those things where I wasn't expecting to. Be a bass player ever and then ended up taking a liking to it and kind of, you know, set me up for a lot of stuff. It changed my life, you know.
0: Yeah. And to this day, I mean, you um, are on the road. You're a road musician as well as being so busy in the studio here and with all the things that you do. But um, Mm -hmm. you are a bass player and um, part of your vibe, really, besides being super talented um, at your musicianship, but um, you have a lot of energy. I mean, I know, knowing you, you're flipping things around. You've got like a lot going on, and you just bring a lot of joy to the table. Has that always? Has it always brought you joy? Is that how that comes out like that, or where did you yeah. develop that sort of entertainment aspect of your playing?
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was a little kid, like me and my, my my mom bought me and my sister little guitars at a little shop. We'd go to Mexico every summer and mm. every winter, and anytime we could, we'd be down there and. Uh, I remember one time my parents bought me and my sister these little guitars. They were just, you know, we didn't know how to play them. But, um, but we were, you know, we'd be on the little picnic table at my grandma's, and we'd be, like, playing these little shows. We'd be rocking out, and I'd be, like, jumping off the table thinking yeah. it was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, when I was little, you know, I remember for some reason, I just naturally just decided that it was more important to jump off a picnic table and learn how to play. So, yeah. you know, like, it was always kind of like a thing. I guess, like, the that yeah. was just something that was inside of me. And then, you know, when I started playing – It just seemed to be, it's fun, you know? Mm -hmm. I I like playing. I like making sound. And I like, I don't know, I feed off of, I I don't feed off of people's energy. I like to, like, initiate it. Mm -hmm. And then once it's, like, initiated, then that feedback is kind of rewarding, you know?
0: Absolutely. kind of of weird. You're kind of the kickstart in a lot of ways. And sometimes I feel like,
1: you know, and then sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like it is, you know. Most of the time I feel like I like to, you know, I like to get the Mm -hmm. party started. yeah. Isn't that weird? No, I, I think know.
0: it's so great because yeah. um, I've seen you play before and you've been on the road with uh, many artists over the years and um, and you really just bring the fun and bring the joy. Um, but you kind of do that in conversation. You do that in the studio. worked with you on, on different projects and um, you bring that all the time. So that spark of energy is something that is really valuable. And I feel like God does equip us with our special little pockets and niches. Yeah. And one of those things can be the way that we exchange energy um some of us are are a little bit quieter kind of bring that calm peace some of us are igniters you know what we takes all kinds so yeah. not weird at all i think it's amazing yeah um kind of getting into your brain a little bit i feel like um because I again I listed off a whole laundry list of things that you are uh, actively not just dabble in, but um, are your you make a living at all of these creative yeah. ventures. <laughs> um, I think there's kind of a common joke that goes around of like if someone's doing lots of different things or maybe gets distracted here or there, people will say like, "Oh, you're so ADD." It kind of gets thrown around very like flippantly as a joke. Yeah. But in your story. You had a moment where realizing that's part of your actual life and part of your actual brain that became a more of a blessing than a hindrance for you. Can you expand on that cuz I feel like that could really yeah. touch some people's hearts that do uh develop that or experience that in their life and uh, maybe maybe hear the negative connotation towards that as opposed to how you see it. Yeah, more no, as a ADD blessing. so
1: cool. <laughs> ADD super cool. Yeah. Um yeah, no, so okay, so when I graduated college I had a job. I was doing database management for a healthcare IT company, and I was just crunching spreadsheets, right? Like, uh, and I man. was actually pretty good at it. <laughs> Here's the messed up thing: is like, I like I like spreadsheets. You know uh, what I mean? Like, yeah. I like numbers, and I, I can like geek into anything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So when I was doing that job, though, you know, obviously, like, I had a separation between music and and that. And for some reason, it's never clicked in my brain that music is like something that should be like a part-time it's just mm-hmm. always you know what I mean like it's never say, clicked yeah. in my brain there's like but anyways I had a boss that um <clears throat> called me in her office one day and she's like hey I heard you were um falling asleep in a meeting
0: <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> I, sneezing Caught yeah <laughs>
1: and uh and I was like yeah I, yes ma'am I'm, I'm sorry and uh it won't mm-hmm. happen again and she mm-hmm. said no it won't happen again oh she And I was like, golly. Um, (laughs) uh, So I went to, um, I was like, I'm going to get fired. So I went to a doctor and um, she said, look, take this little test. She gave me a little test, Mm -hmm. whatever. And she came back and she's like, you have ADD? You're borderline ADHD. Oh, wow. She said, um, but the crazy thing about ADD people is that when you're ADD, you can't focus on something that you don't love mm-hmm. like if if you're if you're doing something that you're not crazy about like your brain wants to go in a million different places she said but when you love something you can hyper focus on it she's like that's the flip side of it when you yeah. when you love something you can actually hyper focus into that thing and in my brain I was like okay so I just need to do things that I like yeah. to do you know what i mean <laughs> um yeah so yeah and that job was a blessing for me but mm-hmm. i quit that job and um I dedicated myself to making a living off of – that was, like, literally, like, two months after that conversation with that doctor. I tried Vyvanse, Mm -hmm. and I was just grinding my teeth, and I, you know, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I didn't feel, you know, normal. So Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: just – and, you know, if anybody takes Vyvanse, like – <laughs> it is cool. Yeah, but um, but um, we
0: support anyone. Yeah. <laughs> do your thing. Do you think. Yeah, do your yes.
1: thing. No, yes. but um, but I didn't feel like I didn't feel like me. I felt like I was forcing my life, you know. And and mm-hmm. so I ended up leaving that job, and I had. I told you about my first business out of college where I was making, like, remixes for cheerleaders and <laughs> yes, stuff.
0: Yes. I actually love this story. I would love for you to touch on this a bit. Yeah. Um, if you can. Like right, yeah. Now, you yeah, okay, right okay. now? Yeah, let's yeah, do right now. Like, let's do this. Yeah.
1: Let's so do this pivot. Is, yeah. Pivot. Man, no. we're going, like. <laughs> we're,
0: going, we're touching all the bases we today. We started at
1: little kid. <laughs> Golly. Scary. We're up to college um, now. Yeah. Much. So, mm-hmm. in college, I, uh. One of the cheerleaders asked me to come try out for the thing. Well, I didn't realize that there was like a competition that they had within the squad. For the
0: cheerleading squad, I just want
1: to Yeah, for the for cheerleading squad. Yeah. They had a little competition to see who could get the most guys to tryouts cuz it was hard to get guys to tryouts. Sure. And so one of the girls convinced me to come out to tryouts. I didn't have to do anything. She was just come out to tryouts. Well, I was so bad at it and I got so mad. And um I didn't make the squad and then that really made me mad. <laughs> And I don't like being bad at things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like this is me at like 150 pounds, keep in mind. Like this was like I was small. So there was mm-hmm. a reason I wasn't good at throwing girls in the air. Yeah. But um I didn't like being bad at things. So like I worked out all summer. I was like, nah, there's no way. And at this point, it didn't even register that I didn't even want to like be a cheerleader to begin with. It just mm-hmm. at this point, um, you know, I was competitive in mode and and uh and so I spent all summer working out and everything and I come back and I didn't make it again. And I was like, dude, this is not normal. This is not cool. (laughs) So, like, so, I, you know, I kept, like, I kept at it. And then, you know, they still hadn't found all the guys. That's how bad I was. That's how bad I was. Yeah. Yeah. My coach, Lindsay Tonka, she'll, like, laugh about it now. But um, I was so bad that um, I didn't even make it when they didn't even have enough guys. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 But then, like, finally she's like... She Like, she couldn't find, you know, the guys that she wanted on the squad or whatever. And and so she was like, okay, well, I, I respect your dedication. You're going to have a lot of work, but I want you to come out. I was like, all right. Yeah. And at that point, I completely forgot that I had no interest in cheerleading. You know, it was just competitive <laughs> mode all the way. Yeah. And so um, I started coaching. And then, you know, by the time I graduated, I had, um, you know, I always like to, I guess, like, gauge my skills, whatever I'm doing against, you know, whoever, whoever's better than me. And so mm-hmm. I ended up like working for this company called UCA. That's uh, one of the biggest cheerleading companies, mm-hmm. the biggest cheerleading company in the world. Well, their parent company is, and ended up, um, you know, even having opportunities to you know work competitions in Orlando and Ireland and different places and mm-hmm. and um it became a thing where I was like actually like half decent at it you know and <laughs> yeah. and so um that started a, my first business because I'm always like looking for I always, mm-hmm. my brain's always looking for ideas and that started my first business where I started making remixes for the cheerleaders that needed that competition music mm-hmm. and um when when I started doing the remixes and started making a little money on it you know, by the time I had my full-time job, like there was a few months where I was making more money off remixes than I was mm. at my day job.
0: Wow, yeah. And
1: so that was part of the catalyst too, where I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, cheerleading music isn't necessarily what I want to do the rest of my life, but I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And, and I started that business and, and, uh, it was going pretty decent. So whenever I left my, my other job, it wasn't like I left, like without a backup plan. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna put more I'm going to put more time into this. Oh, yeah. Sorry about your plant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. No plans for harmed. Yeah, but.
0: no plans. Yeah. yeah. For anyone just that's <clears throat> only listening and not watching, there was just an incident with the plant, but everything's okay. Oh. Everything's good. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, that's such a good example of your natural tendency towards hyper-focusing on something mm-hmm. that actually was, ended up being a blessing and benefit to you because you, it put you on this track that ultimately put you into music full time. Yeah. And gave you the catalyst to leave a job that you liked and were good at, but wasn't necessarily in your passion zone. Yeah. Whereas this, if you were making that decision after finding out you were ADD, ADHD borderline, that um, if you wanted to create a life where, well, I'm just going to go ahead and focus on the thing or put my time towards the things that I can focus on it helped probably give you that opportunity to pick the thing that you could focus on a little bit more, yeah. which has led you now on this path. So that, that hyper-focus really truly is a blessing. I think that's so encouraging, mm-hmm. I I would think, to anyone that is thinking about the way that maybe they're a little bit different in their thinking or their energy dispatching or any of that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool.
1: I think I can call it a blessing now because I've gotten to do some like things that I'm really proud of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally. at this point, I get to look at it and say, it has been a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at it from already having, it's not just like I'm trying to, I guess it feels like a blessing because um, cause it has led me down some really cool roads, you know? Mm hmm. But
0: totally. And ultimately, from that, those remixes um, of other songs to use for competitions um, led you to an opportunity to dive into some um, like original music that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, you currently are, you're an artist, writer, producer, um, videographer, photographer, um, content creator. You, you do all these different things with all these different things. They're, they're very, um, they're, very much displayed, or I should say showcased, in your company, Third Lion, mm-hmm. which um, I've had the blessing. I would say a blessing for me. I've gotten to work with you. We've done some of my very favorite photographs that I've been able to do for or sessions have been with you. We've come up with some Thank really you. cool, creative things. And um, you always are in the moment, just kind of looking for the thing, looking for the spot, looking for... Um, looking for the right vibe, but then also staying a little bit open to what could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also done videos together, and um, I feel like you brought that same energy to it. How do you balance that hyper-focus with the allowance for something new or spontaneous to come into the picture?
1: So I figured out if – I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at a few different things, but the only way I can be good at any of them is if I'm good at one thing at a time. Okay. So like whenever I'm working on a video, I just got to be really good at that video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if I'm working on a photo shoot, I just got to be really, really good at that photo shoot. And if that photo shoots at 630 at night and the sun goes down in 15 minutes, I just got to be really, really good for those 15 minutes.
0: Right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like I
1: like to separate things and and the only way that I'm as good as I am, well, you know, people tell me I'm good. I, I, I do like my work. I do enjoy my work. But um. But yeah, the only way I've been able to get to the point where I like my body of work and I enjoy my body of work and I'm proud of it is by doing one thing really well at a time. And like when I slow it down like that, you Mm -hmm. know, that's that's how I guess maybe that is where that hyper focus comes in. Mm -hmm. And for just it's, I guess, like living in the moment kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think like Kobe Bryant used to talk about living in the moment and, and how his coach would, would tell them to be in the moment and, and being present and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to be said about in the creative world, if you can be present right now, you know, and you just got to capture what it is that you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And when you can capture right now, better than anybody else, like, you know, and it's not even a competition at that point, you know, your most unique asset, which creative people are always looking for, you know, a way to be unique, but your most unique asset is yourself, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. when you can capture that moment right now, yeah. fully yourself, that's, that's where I think where the magic is, you know?
0: It's so interesting you saying that because, um, having worked with you as, uh, being, I was on the artist side and you're the videographer side and also, uh, photography side, um, You actually, that's how, that's your language when you're working with someone also, is you're kind of encouraging that out of the artist. I know that you word that with me of like, anytime you found something or caught something or saw something that was, that you saw as uniquely me, or I would assume towards any artist that you're working with, um, you use that language of, and try to follow that and chase that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to hear you say that just as a philosophy, because I think you, you Expect that out of yourself, but you definitely, I know from experience, encourage that out of other people, which is a really cool way to invite people into the creative space. Yeah. When you're planning, um, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier that this week you, you have to do a little bit of calendar planning for the following week and the following month and all mm-hmm. that. Do you keep in mind, because of the, all the different avenues, Third Line's very um, very full spectrum with their offerings for artists, um, do you keep in mind uh, while you're making your schedule how you pocket... The chunks of time towards different things, do you say no to certain things in order to focus on others? Or are you good with having one day for this, one day for that? Um, Do you need a full week for one thing? How do you attack your calendar knowing that you have all these different um, irons in the fire?
1: It's a good question. And I don't know if I'm always the best at it, but Mm -hmm. I I, I guess, um, you know, the first time I made a video, it might've taken me three weeks, four weeks to edit it to a final product that I was Mm -hmm. proud of. And then I did another video and it took me two weeks and I did another video. It took me a week and Mm -hmm. I've been able to do so many videos at this point and so many things that one of the crazy things about being a creative and making a living off of being creative is that you realize that the hardest thing is the first year, two years, three years, four years, 10 years that you, are making a living off of creative because it takes longer to do it right the first time. But if you can do Mm -hmm. it right the first time, the second time is easier. And if you can do it right the second time, the third time is easier. And then, you know, after you've done it so many times, you kind of know how long it's going to take you to turn around something that you're proud of. And that's always kind of the measure is like, okay, how long did this take me? Am I proud of it? And when you get to the point where you can gauge about how long it's going to take you to do something you're proud of, you know, and you figure out how to charge where you can invest the right amount of time into it because you still got bills and everything like that, Mm -hmm. right? One of the hardest things about being creative and making a living off of it is balancing all those things, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, I think when when I'm scheduling now, I know, okay, well, I have about an hour of, time where this lighting is going to be good if we're shooting outdoors or if we're shooting indoors I know it's going to take about this long and then you work with an artist the first time you work with an artist
0: mm-hmm.
1: is the hardest yeah because you're learning about them and it's like and your brain's really got to be on yeah so like when you work with an artist like for instance I work with Julia Cole like every week mm-hmm. and we're always putting out content and she's a content machine she's yeah. one of the most dedicated artists I've ever met right hmm and when we're working together, I know, okay, well, we're going to go in and it's going to take us about this long to shoot the thing. It's going to mm-hmm. take us about this long to edit it. And then we're going to need revisions by, um, you know, so there's, there's deadlines on everything and you kind of measure out, you know, you kind of have a feel for how long things are going to take. But, um, but yeah, when I'm going in and I'm scheduling, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of things, but really the, the, the only reason I'm able to pump out as much content as we do is because of the reps is the sure. the times that I've done it and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like keeping track in my head of, mm-hmm. you know, and some people write it down. I think it's probably even better to write down. Like, you know, if you clock yourself and you're like, okay, it took me this long, but mm-hmm. as a creative, you know, everybody wants to get paid like an hourly rate and mm-hmm. everybody wants to say like, okay, well I'm going to make, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. You always wanna like know how many dollars you're gonna make in an hour, but the reality of it is when you're getting into it, you have to be willing to work sixteen hours for yeah. three dollars, knowing that you will eventually work one hour for mm-hmm. the opposite, you know, and mm-hmm. um
0: yet yeah, Builds on itself. I mean, if yeah. you're not willing to put in that effort, I think that's one, one thing that is really interesting mm-hmm. and, um, and unique is that you, you do approach your creativity so much like a business and yet you still foster your creativity. You have, um, you are an artist and I want to, uh, touch on that, uh, a little bit more, but you, um, you really have a dedication to excellence and, um, execution. And, Mm -hmm. um, part of that leading ahead, ahead of time, putting your time and effort into getting good enough to where you are worth earning the, the, um, what expectation you might set for yourself or the goals you might set for yourself, but attacking it so much as a business. So how do you find the balance of do, 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 this is my business. And then also, staying creative in your heart and feeling that like, um, those sparks.
1: I think having it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good question. It's such a tough one, but it's easy at the same time. I found a balance with myself and I'm still always trying to learn how to be better, do, you know, do better, have a better product, have better business, you know, and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. the balance for me has been just being like radically transparent with people and being like, you know, having conversations where it's like, okay, well, this is the work that you want. This is what goes into it. And at this point, you know, at first when, you know, when I made my first music video, maybe there wasn't a demand for me. If there's a demand now, mm-hmm. then I have to measure, okay, well, you know, where am I going to put my time that's good for me and my team? Because now it's bigger than me. Right. You know, so now I got to be thinking about, you know, my, uh, my videographer and I got to be thinking about, you know, Um, when I'm going to make time for my family and when Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, like all these things, you know, I got Mm -hmm. all these different things that I'm trying to balance. So I try to just be honest with people and say like, look, this is the work that you're looking for. This is, and, and just like kind of keep an eye out for, you know, try to be smart about what other people's work In this town is worth and, and try to keep a balance between, okay, like you can get this product over here. This is about that quality. You can get this work over here. This is about that quality. And if you want something over here, you know, just kind of like always kind of reading the room, you Mm -hmm. know, and kind of knowing like, this is, you know. How much time do I want to put in this? How much mm-hmm. time do I need to put? Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a big, like, it's a big um, it feels like uh what's that game where the where the little cubes are falling down in different shapes?
0: Yeah. Um, I don't remember the name, but I yeah. know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about for sure. Yeah, I mean yeah. is that like that's not a Ruby's cube, that's a square. <laughs> that's the first word that came to my mind, but that's not right. I know it's not right.
1: Steven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Producer Steven back there. Do we know the answer to this? Um, yeah, yeah, I, that's really, it's, inter- it mm-hmm. is a, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle it's for a puzzle, sure. Yeah, <laughs> We'll go with puzzle. That'll puzzle. be our big word. Um, so f- I know you're close to your family and, um,
1: and- Tetris. Tetris. <laughs>
0: is it Tetris? I think
1: so.
0: Steven. <laughs> okay. Is it Tetris? <laughs> that, I think it might be. What was the question? <laughs> that game where they kind of fall through the different shape blocks. That's Tetris. 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 Yes. All right. So, um. You uh, you are a man of faith, and we've had lots of conversations about that. I know that at different times you have felt like God has had a hand on your journey and, your, and has guided you one way or the other. Um, how do you make time to foster that relationship, a relationship with God with the insanely busy schedule that you have? And I know folding family, obviously, into that yeah. is also important and that kind of grounding time outside of the creative business that you're
1: in. I think I definitely fall short of what i wish that um i definitely know that you can never have enough time you know with god and everything i definitely fall short of his glory you know i mean it it's one of those things where my relationship with god is is so important to me and it's so easy to not give it all the time that it needs so one of the things that I kind of came to the conclusion of is um, I feel like one of the biggest um, one of the biggest roots in my faith is gratitude Mm. and I feel like um, spending time giving thanks is is kind of like a a massive root in my faith right Mm. and you know, everything that I've been able to accomplish, everything that I have, everything, you know, it could go away in a minute. And I've, and I've, you know, mm. experienced, you know, seeing, you know, seeing people's dreams just leave from one moment to the next. And and so gratitude is, gratitude is kind of like the anchor of my faith. And um, so every day I try to just I make an effort to pray for my food and just give thanks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because if at least for that, fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, forty-five mm-hmm. seconds, what like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if at least for that moment, <clears throat> like I felt gratitude in my heart,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that puts so many things in in uh, perspective for me. You know, for sure. if, if even for like that moment that I like close my eyes and and just give thanks for the meal that's in front of me, mm-hmm. then I start thinking about giving thanks for the house that I'm in I start Mm -hmm. thinking about giving thanks for my family Mm -hmm. and depending on you know like when I'm just at the house and I'm having you know lunch by myself one day or whatever I can spend more time reflecting on all my blessings and then sometimes it's a little more quick and and you're out and Mm -hmm. you're hungry and you're in a group and but Giving thanks for my food is literally—I mean, it sounds it's a, crazy, It's a but. simple
0: pro- practice, but you're so right, though, because gratitude breeds more gratitude. And just having a discipline that's as simple as, I'm just going to—if I do nothing else today to connect with God, at least I'm going to take a, a one little brief pause to just say thank you for— this burger in front of you or whatever it yeah. is, um, those really small practices do breed more gratitude and breed more connection through your day. So, I, I yeah, I mean, yeah. it's discipline for sure, um, even in the smallest, the smallest ways to touch base.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, and there's certain things that if you do them enough times, they kind of like become a thing that's like mm-hmm. second nature. And mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll forget to pray for my food every once in a while, but... <laughs> But th- there... every single fry, every, <laughs> every single... single fry, <laughs> yeah. you, yeah.
0: um, you have more recently really given a lot more time and energy towards your artist side and your artist life. And, um, one thing I love about that is because you do do so, you have so many aspects of your creativity that you've now built, you've built your business to where, like you said, you've incorporated other people into it and things like that, um, that now you're able to, where you've got this big picture going on, you've kind of pulled back so so specifically to your artist side, and um, you've leaned into your specific genre of music, and um, kind of put your energy towards a, towards more of a niche aspect of your creativity. What was that? What sparked that decision to dive into your more artist side again and give a lot of attention to that? And um, and what's what is that balance between? Big picture where you're with third lion is in you know, all these different aspects of creativity, mm. and then your very niche specific artistry that you're working on right now.
1: I think I can be the best version of me whenever I, um, when I do think that when I do the things creatively that fulfill me, mm-hmm. I can turn around and be a better creative for you, for any of my clients, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can be a better creative for them when I've taken time on something that i like and i want to do you know and Mm -hmm. and i started doing the music thing you know i started doing my own original music just because there's so much like there's so much like creativity up here that just needs to get out and Mm -hmm. at first it was just like i was just making beats and i was Mm -hmm. just like at first you know it's just a couple like writing some guitar licks and stuff like that and then um you know i started working with some people that that i enjoy working with and and i always like surround myself by people who i who i like their talent and um You know, I started making some. I I had a a project called Colorstorm with uh with mm-hmm. a buddy Dale, Buddy Asher, and my mm-hmm. friend Becca jumped in on it, and just some different people, um, that um that I liked their style, like I like what they were doing, and and um and and the project was really just a creative outlet for me, mm-hmm. and in that process, you know, I started throwing a little bit of singing in there, a little bit of rapping or whatever, and I was like, man, I kind of like this, so I kind of dove into it more. And, um, like, for me, you know, I always have, like, this level of expectation of what I want to put out in the world. Like, I mm-hmm. always have this level of expectation of, like, it's got to be at least this, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so I started diving into that. And and um, the more I did it, the more I kind of found my own voice. And um, basically, you know, for me, all my music's in Spanish, right? Like, mm-hmm. all my music is Spanish for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just because... I just listen to music in Spanish. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what that's how I consume music. That's mm-hmm. how I consume music, so that's what's in there musically, you know. And mm-hmm. I spend all day talking to people in English and producing, you know, English speaking music and everything like that, but at the end of the day, when it's me time, you know, I just have this music that is a reflection of of what I listen to and what I like and what I grew up on and everything mm-hmm. like that, and that's what wants to come out, you know. That's what that's what wants to come out in the world and and so so I do that. And there's part of it too, you know, where as a producer, I can be a better producer for you if I've taken the time doing something that I love for, mm-hmm. you know, on my day off and I spent, mm-hmm. you know, 16 hours in a studio just like nerding out on something that I really, really like. Yeah. Then I come around and the next time I mix in your vocal, I have like tricks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm not sure. even, I didn't even consider myself like I, I, I like to sing now, but I was never a singer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was yeah. never a singer growing up. That was never something that I was like trying to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like to make music, you know, and, and the bass was my my uh, my love language for the longest time. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the guitar um, kind of started bleeding in there. And um, when I learned, you know, I learned guitar before I learned bass, but then I came back to it years later and Julie asked me to play some shows mm-hmm. on the road with her on guitar. and um, and I did and and um it made me a better guitar player and then I had ideas on that that I wanted to lay down so all my artist stuff is really just like at the end of the day when I'm working with everybody else's stuff and I've gotten inspired by them and I've also delivered product to them mm-hmm. it's like what do I want for me and um and there's always a balance in that and there's always a a, a reward in that too cuz you know like if I'm putting out my music and I release it and I own it like there's a potential for that to change my life one day so oh. I don't have to bank on Any particular client Mm -hmm. to change my life, you know, and I can give you my best because I I have no expectation, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah, I have no expectation of I don't like I don't just like need any one particular project to work. I need them all to work, you know, and and if, you know, if one day. You know, one of my songs does really, really well, mm-hmm. then great. If one of your songs does really, really well, then great. Like, mm-hmm. I get to celebrate them all, right. you know. But, um, but yeah. It's that's kind of kinda.
0: a playground. I mean, you have your, like, mm-hmm. you have your wide playground of all these different aspects, things going on, different <clears> projects, different artists, different clients. And then you have your playtime. With mm-hmm. yourself and your own creativity and yeah. um, exploring that that's really fun and really cool and creativity is supposed to be fun that's like part of it yeah you know? like we uh we have the luxury and blessing of making creativity a business
1: mm-hmm. but
0: um majority of the time creativity isn't a business it's a lifestyle, and it's um, a connection to other people, mm-hmm. a connection to ourselves, and our like inner selves, our mm-hmm. true selves, to God. All of that, like creativity, is supposed to be fun and uh, and a spark and an expression. Uh, we just so happen to have the opportunity to make it into a business. But yeah. if you're neglecting that fun side, that that yeah. outlet, which is what you're you're really diving into, there's yeah. a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power. Uh, you mentioned this earlier of kind of finding your thing and like leaning into what makes you really, really special, how would you give advice towards, and this could be anyone listening that's in in a creative field um, or maybe in a totally different type of field, just a business field, accounting, um, like Mm -hmm. anything really, how would you encourage someone to um, find their thing and lean into it? Cause I think it's, If you are a creative-minded person, it's a little bit easier to be like, what is my thing? What do I like doing? How do I feel? You know, we're all all like feel, feel, feel. Yeah. But um, if you're in a more structured environment, how would you encourage someone to find that thing?
1: I think, um, you know, like some people say don't mix friends with business. And I disagree. I think good business comes from good friends. And some people say, you know, if you're creative, you got to be creative. If you're doing business, you got to be doing business. But I disagree. I think you can be creative at business. And like even when I was crunching spreadsheets, I remember like finding creative ways in that mm-hmm. to find a solution for my needs. So so much yeah. of everything that I do, it seems you know fun and and everything like that because it is you know. Mm-hmm. But so much of what I do at some point was just because somebody needed it mm-hmm. and saw capacity in me and asked me if I would mind. And then I just take that whatever it is that you need me to do I, before I ever before I ever held a camera and someone asked me if I could edit a video, you know, my buddy Stu, he asked me to edit a video for him because he yeah. needed it done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I can. And <laughs> I was really just trying to help a friend, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And so um, that that sparked a thing where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm all right at this, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I get it, you know, I yeah. understood it and it was just another puzzle. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so much of what I do is that, I wanted to do it. And so much of what I do, like, I never intended to be a videographer. Mm -hmm. I never intended to be a photographer. I never intended to be a producer. I never intended to be a singer. I never intended to be a businessman. I never intended to be, like, any of those things. I never intended any of them. It was Mm -hmm. just that at some point there was an opportunity – where somebody needed it and there was, well, you know, that's what the marketplace is, right? Like mm. supply and demand, like somebody yeah. needed it. And it's like, well, can I do it? And if so, I, you know, back in the day, I was, I was, uh, I was crashing on my buddy's couch and, and we were just trying to figure out life. And if somebody needed some photos taken for 50 bucks, I was, I mean, that was a blessing. Why you never? know, that was a pack of chicken and yeah. some tortillas and cheese, you know, so, <laughs> you know. Absolutely, <clears throat> yeah. So it's for so sure. much of it is like, I think that it's all supposed to be married together. I think mm-hmm. you're supposed to be creative in your solutions. And I yes. think you're like, even if you're driving down the road and, and you know, like, man, I see a lot of traffic right there, but I I think I took that route the other day. And you mm-hmm. start like finding creative ways to fix your problems. I think that's what so many of the inventors back in the day were doing. I think they were Mm -hmm. just like literally just letting that spark, that ingenuity kick in Mm -hmm. and they were just finding solutions for their problems. And, and, um, that's all I've ever done is, is, you know, somebody needs something is like, I think I can deliver on that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when you get deliver on it, it's like, well, okay, well, you know, you got a budget for it. What are you gonna pay that guy? All right. Can I do it for that? All right. I'll try it. You know? And then, and then some of it, most of it, like, Whenever I get to doing a job, if I can, again, if I can remind myself to be grateful for the opportunity Mm -hmm. and I can remind myself to just live in the moment and enjoy the moment and Mm -hmm. like be passionate about what it is that I'm doing. My resume is extensive because of that. My resume is extensive because every opportunity that I have that I've taken and I've dove into it and done the best job that I can, Mm -hmm. I came out on the other side with somebody thinking, you know, that that it was good, you know, Mm -hmm. and 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 then I hate being bad at stuff. Like I told you, you know, like
0: you have a a, very competitive standard of excellence for yourself and for your surroundings. And yeah, I mean, that's that's a great thing though, because like you said, if you have this excellence, that standard for yourself, but you also have a willingness to try. Yeah. Even if that might not come out excellent first.
1: Oh, and it's scary. But the
0: opportunity to try again. yeah, Yeah, it's scary, especially if you have that level and like, I don't wanna fail, I don't wanna be bad at this. But the drive and the confidence that, like, okay, I want excellence, which means I'm okay with trying this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, not as great. Until I get that, then I can expect that out of myself because I'm confident enough to try multiple times. Yeah, that's so powerful. I think. Yeah,
1: you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell yourself you're great. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's a messed up thing, right? Because, yeah. like, <laughs> well, there's like this balance between like ego and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think. Um, you know, my humility doesn't come from saying that I'm not good at something. My humility comes from knowing what it took to be able to achieve the things. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and, and that's, gratitude, yeah, and gratitude. You know, gratitude. Mm-hmm. And man, like we just don't know. We just don't know if we're gonna get tomorrow. You know, we don't know if if, if we're gonna get another day. And it's like if you have an opportunity right now to. Work on something and give it your best. Why not? You know, if you have an opportunity to leave one more thing, like mm-hmm. that you're proud of, that people are excited about, and you know, my clients end up becoming kind of uh, a, a a thing where it's like, man, can I, can I, can I do something this this person is gonna not just like, but are they going to love it, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where collaboration comes from. And mm-hmm. and and it's like, man, can I do something? If I'm going to shoot a video with Mariah, can I do something that she's going to love, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and even if I turn around two months later, it's like, I could have done this better, this better. I know that in that moment, I gave it my best, yeah. you know? I know that that's in that cool. moment, I tried, like, with every skill that I had in that day. And that's kind of like the mm-hmm. cool thing about art too is, that's a representation of where I was at that point in time right as it you captures know. a moment yeah
0: it captures a moment yeah you bring excellence to the table you bring sparks of joy and energy and creativity and um like kind of that confidence that I think is it 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 rubs off from the people around you of like oh well maybe I can too maybe I can too and I love that about yeah. you as you know my friend i I really am inspired by that in you um so as a kind of wrap up here I'd love. Because we mentioned lots of things that you're working on and you're on the road, yeah. Julia Cole, you're on, you're on the road sometimes. So there are other artists as well working on content, video, you've got a team going now, um, photography and your artist' stuff as well. I think you said you're working with another artist and then your own artist stuff, all this stuff, tons of stuff. Um, what would you what would you love to um, for people to share and check out right now that you're up to, and um, also where can they find? find you find more information about you and yeah. third lion
1: no well, thank you i mean honestly i'm 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 just so excited that you uh invited me out to be on this thing and and i'm i'm so like proud of everything you've put together because wow. this is like i mean this is a well put together operation this is thank this you. is pro you know and um but um yeah so if, if you want to find my music um am3musica on um AM3 music with the A at the end <laughs> on Instagram and uh, and TikTok. Yeah, and um, that's where I put all my stuff that I'm that I'm proud of that I'm doing on on my own. And my story. I try to share, you know, all my stuff and then the work that I'm doing with different clients and mm-hmm. and um, so it is a bunch of my music and stuff. But that's what I do. That's what I like to do, and that's mm-hmm. what I like to share. So um, AM3 música on um on on uh, Instagram and on TikTok and on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that. It's my full name, Alejandro Medina III. Okay. Um, it was important to me when I was putting out my artist stuff. I was like, you know, trying to find my voice and everything. Mm-hmm. I use my full name, so it's a little hard to spell. But also, if you remember one time, Alejandro Medina the third, yeah. Then, if you can remember it the first time, it might stick. But and it's um, you.
0: It's truly it's, you. So, yeah. It's yeah. Me. It's That's me. amazing. And then Third Lion also is such an amazing. Yeah. Um, you're an entrepreneur, and you started this from scratch, and it's, a, it's a, such a great company, and you do so many good works for people, so many creative works. So where can they find Third Lion?
1: Third Lion? Is it Third Lion Productions? What did I change it to?
0: It's Third Lion Productions on Instagram. Yeah, there you <laughs> <we> go.
1: <laughs> Third Lion Productions on Instagram. Yeah. And I got a website, too, thirdlion.com.
0: Yeah. Okay. With the number
1: three. Three, R-D-L-I-O-N.
0: Perfect. Do I say that. the word three funny? Try again. Three? No, that sounds okay. Like, well, do I say it funny? Three. three. I, I don't
1: know if I said it funny. Three? Wait, you say it.
0: Do I say three?
1: No, that sounds, I mean, is that normal? I think so. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, we'll get yeah. that figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for taking Thanks. time out of your day and your week and your busy schedule. And thank you for all the creative ways that you bring energy to the table and just goodness to the world. You're amazing. Uh, make sure you go. To our um, Instagram page after this to check out another little clip and to follow um, all the things that Alejandro is doing. um, He's doing as an artist, but also, you know, Third Lion is a great company. Thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you.